Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Ash Jones. My co-caster Michael John Simpson and I started this podcast to give voice to our passions and continue our exploration of everything. This week we talk about daytime talk shows, our podcasting influences, Jurassic Park, Marvel movies, movie serial remakes, Batman, 70s Saturday Live action series, Star Trek, monster movies, Goosebumps, Charmed, and of course, Star Wars. So here it is, episode two of the Something Something Experience. So, all right, so this week, have you had a good week? Uh, it was a crazy week, crazy week. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, a lot of weird things at work, but at least there were no like major celebrity deaths this week. Like, yeah, it seems like, like the, they're, they're they're dropping um, every week. Once, August once 2014 drops. has been the the, the 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 month of death. It's weird. It's Lauren Bacall and Robin Williams and just all these other people. I know there's like a fashion, like a goth fashion designer and designed the um, um, lip service clothes. He died. Oh, and, I used uh, to wear that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Back in high school. So, so uh, what uh, what have you been watching? What have you been looking at? I haven't had a lot of time to watch my TV shows, but I. Um, did you ever finish um, Legends? No, I didn't get back to that. Uh, I haven't been doing my homework on that front. But I did watch a few interesting things. I watched uh, a movie you might be aware of called uh, Nymphomaniac. I've heard. I think I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it though. Lars von Trier. Mm. Uh, Nymphomaniac is a two-part film, and uh, it's it's this interesting character study on um, uh, not only addiction but sex addiction. It's very that, interesting. Oh, that wasn't... Oh, no, no. No, I'm thinking of a different movie. There's a movie about sex addiction where the director actually was going through sex addiction and he was filming himself behaving badly. It was almost like a documentary. I don't remember who did it or what it was, but it was... I think it was like Diary of a Sex Addict or something like that, but basically this documentary filmmaker filmed himself like trying to pick oh. up hookers and do all these weird different things and it was really kind of weird and insightful to see somebody who's going through the who's plagued by sex addiction going through all the crap the the horrible things that they go through but him putting that out to the world and and as an <clears throat> art piece that's really fascinating yeah I, that's like a that's almost like extreme uh, documentary filmmaking right right yeah it's, it's almost like kind of like the doc version of gonzo journalism or something like that where you're just like an hyper reality almost or I guess that's kind of different but (laughs) it's just kind of I don't know why but that just made me kind of think of Hunter S. Thompson that he was was supposedly putting himself through into all these situations on all these crazy drugs and then just kind of writing about whatever the fuck happened it almost got out of hand for a second there when when he got in trouble with the Hells Angels oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, which um, if you haven't seen that uh, clip where he's he's on a TV show. It's like a daytime TV show. Yeah. Um, back in the seventies. Yeah, think? yeah. Probably early like 70s. it was probably like Dick Cavett or or yeah, uh, yeah. or Mike Douglas or one of those afternoon. John Davison, one of those afternoon. I used to watch all those shows in the afternoon. Back, oh, back really? to the whole latchkey thing. You latchkey. come home and you're <laughs> or on a day when you're home sick, you're watching all the game shows in the morning. Price is Right and blah blah blah. And then if you don't want to watch soap operas, you switch over to the channel that has all the daytime talk shows. Mm-hmm. They used to have like nighttime talk shows, like the Tonight Show and Late Late Night and all that stuff. But during mm-hmm. the day, so it was a little lighter, a little more fun. Andy Kaufman did a lot of stuff in the '70s yeah, when he was in yeah. his whole wrestling phase. He was on Mike Douglas and all those different. And they touched that on Man on the Moon a little bit. To contrast, like I feel like your generation got the uh, the better end of that deal because we got junk. 
daytime TV like, oh, like yeah, Jerry you Springer, got Jer- Mark right. Paul. All that came about in the eighties. And all right. that stuff. Right. Yeah. And actually a lot of that stemmed off from kind of trash journalism that Geraldo Rivera started oh, doing little trash Jesus. pieces on stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then but He's also Don- Donahue was a daytime talk show like that in the seventies, but it wasn't the dregs of society, it was just people. And then, then they started in with the whole sensationalist, and then Jerry Springer and all of Maury Povich. Maury Povich is still on the air. Can so is Jerry that? Springer. Can you believe that shit? Still doing paternity Still do Yes. Yes. <laughs> still doing that shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. They just, um, these, for some reason, they have a built-in, almost cult following. Yeah, yeah. All these white trash people. And yeah. In some cases, I mean, I don't want to say, like, it's just white right. trash people, but uh, definitely people of... Uh, well, Lower IQ. It, it got to the point where people just wanted to get on there to be famous. Yeah, you know, I mean, Oprah started. That's, started that's what I've always wondered. Too. There can't be that many uh, uh, low-income people going through that same situation. It has to be staged. Some of it. Well, has to they be they they put out a call at the end of every show. If you have problems with blah blah blah, why don't you call Jerry and talk about it and blah blah, blah you know that that thing. They do that. They they're looking for people, and people just will invent shit just to get on TV. Yeah, I was on TV, you know, and it's just it's it's ridiculous. It it uh, the interesting thing is that they're white trash, but they're not that white. They're not like you know, uh, right? Know, overalls. They're, not, they're not like toothless married my yeah. sister. Although there is a little bit of that on on some of those shows, but there was one. Uh, Didn't his um, bodyguard Steve eventually get a show as well? Maybe I don't. I, don't, I really don't. <laughs> I know. know way too much about this. <laughs> well, um, going back to the thing of uh, of the seventies and and and. Back to our conversation, which I don't remember if we had on air or off air, which was about the shift in media culture between the old time and the new and and modern day. I think, I think we referenced it last 70, week, right? During the seventies, right? I wanted to get that's one of the things I wanted to go back to was was our talk about during the seventies, the golden age of cinema, the ushering in of cinema, the French idea of cinema verite of of capturing real life in art. Um, and that shift from everybody talking like this with a Midlandian accent and say, what are you doing, Bob? You know, and going to pe- real people with real accents and real street language and this and that and real cursing and stuff like that. But the TV and growing up in the 70s was was witnessing that shift firsthand. And like I said, they had they had all these daytime talk shows. Dinah Shore had one and John Davidson had mm-hmm. one and Mike Douglas had one. And they'd always do, and Merv Griffin had one too. Merv Griffin who who went on to do all these game shows like uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and all that. But they all had daytime talk shows and they, would, they were always singers as well as talk show hosts. So they would always do a musical number at the beginning of the show. And then, and it well, was always... What was this, the other guy, the, uh, the other guy that had a... Uh, he had like a relationship to the Rat Pack. Um, uh, and he was also... Uh, Dean Martin. Oh, Dean Martin. He was yeah. also a singer. Right? right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Dean Martin was a singer and an actor, but he was much more of a singer than an actor. Um, did you know that Dean Martin was didn't, never touched a drop of alcohol? He always had that scotch Are you glass serious? with him. It was always ginger ale. I always thought, looking at him, he, he looked drunk. He played drunk. Yeah. That was his shtick. That was his, his gag. Oh, that was his, his bit. He played drunk, but he was a teetotaler. He did not touch alcohol at all. Now, Frank and all those other guys, they were, you know, all the time. But How did Sammy Davis lose, lose his eye? I it was never, an accident. I've or? never heard that story. I don't know. Right. I, I've and you know what? As much as I love old showbiz, I should know the answer to that. And I kind of hate myself that I don't. I'm sure it's out there, but I've, I've always kind of in my head made up this story that he was, you know, he did something wrong to a mobster and they retaliated. Or I, <laughs> I think it was something that happened a lot earlier on in life than that. But people did make fun of him for it a little bit. I remember Eddie Murphy 
when he was doing uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Damn It, with Gumby on SNL. He he said the here's a here's a he said here's a here's, he had a Jewish accent. He's like here's an ornament for Sammy Davis Jr. and it was a little eyeball on a string <laughs> and he hangs it on the tree. That's cold blood. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, but I don't know how Sammy lost his eye. There has to be some story behind it. I'm sure either that or it's just a hey, he lost it when he was a kid or he was born without it or who knows. But I don't know. I don't know. That'd be in, we have to look that up. Or I'm sure somebody on Twitter will tell us how that happened. Um, the internet likes to answer unanswered questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of Twitter, we have a Twitter now. We, do, we, we do. have something two XP at, at something two XP on Twitter. We're uh, also on. Uh, we have our blog at something two XP wordpresscom and we've also got a Facebook page, something two XP. We now have a YouTube uh, page, something two XP, and that's the number two with XP. Um, uh, which is uh, kind of <clears throat> supposed to be squared. It's kind of a we kind of shortened. It's some, a clever way. It's, of, it's yeah. typing out something something experience pod uh, experience podcast is very very long. So we wanted to short it into something that was easy to say and rolled off the tongue. And so, so. if you have any questions or if you want, yes, to talk please about anything, do. Please, please uh, comment. Please, we welcome comments. We welcome feedback. But please be kind. Um, we will welcome constructive criticism, uh, but uh, if you're going to be a jerk, well, save it and go make your own podcast. There's, there's enough negativity going on. <laughs> exactly. There's enough negativity in the Already. world. We try to be positive. Um, obviously, there's things we all do and don't like, but we try to keep things positive. And uh, speaking of other positive things... Wait, I think this is a good time to segue into... Maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, our influences. Yeah, I was just <clears throat> getting ready to say that. My uh, inspirations... Um, for one of the reasons, the reasons why the people who inspired me to start my own podcast, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I listen to the Nerdist and the Smartest Man in the World, the Indoor Kids, um, uh, Super Ego, and uh, James Bonding, and uh, Phoebe, and other podcasts. And the one thing, the common theme that kept running through all of those podcasts is, go do your thing, go make a thing. Go if you if you look out in the world and you don't see a thing that you need that you you're not getting what you like from other things. And that's not saying that I do, but you want to just just making a thing that just putting creative energy out into the world. And that's that was my idea for starting this podcast was taking those inspirations from other people who have all said life is life is short. Carpe diem. Go make your thing. And this is my thing. This is our thing. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to do that. And that's that was what about your influences? Those what? are good influences. <clears throat> I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, but I do uh, listen to a lot of um, movie review shows, and, and I follow a lot of movie reviewers. Uh, there's this one, uh, one of my favorite movie reviewers that influences me is uh, Mark Kermode. Mark uh, Kermode, he's uh, British. Uh, he's on YouTube. I also um, I follow um, a lot of um, people from Collider. Um, John Campia from, from AMC Movie Talk. Um uh, the Schmoes, as they like, they go as the Schmoes know. Uh, Mark Ellis and uh, Christian Harloff. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's because uh, you know I, I come from from like a film background, and that's that's what I gravitate towards: film news, movie news, um, and music related stuff as well. Um, but uh, yeah, all those guys they have like this little community, and 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 they all appear in each other's shows and all that stuff. Um, it's great stuff, so you guys should check it out. Um, they're all on YouTube. You can find them there. Uh, but yeah, I agree, man. You should you should do what you want to do and just put it out there, and people are gonna either like it or hate it. But the ones that like it will like it for the right, right. reasons, and that's all that matters. Right. 
And and one of the <clears throat> things that I was thinking about when we started this was was making sure not to to copy other people or look like we're emulating or trying to be somebody else or try to repeat somebody else's work. And that was a concern to me because all my life, whenever I tried to do a creative thing, somebody would say, well, you're just doing something like somebody else or whatever. But mm. one of the things that one of my inspirations said was your thing is going to be unique just by virtue of the fact that it's you and not somebody else. Just by virtue of the fact that this is me, Michael John Simpson, and you, Ash Jones, and we're conversing together, talking about things that we're passionate about, talking from our heart, from our minds, from our psyches, that's what makes it unique. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm, what, what the, the, what the, um, is kind of inspiring me to continue and, and go on that, we're making a thing, and we're getting some positive response. Where where people are listening to it, friends are listening to it at this point, friends and family, and people are liking it. And that's the, the whole reason for doing it, and that's the whole reason why oh, we uh, we're doing it in the first here. place. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's why I wanted <clears> to just make a thing to put it out there and see if people figure everybody else says it will find an audience the people who want to listen to that thing the people who like that thing will find it it's out there and it's out there in a lot of places and they will find it and it might take some time and if it does great and I for now I just we're just making this for us and, and yeah. the people who the like thing about it. art is you can't you can't force it no. at, at all at all and, and, and you're yeah. gonna go through a phase where nothing works and you know the people that are successful are the people that keep going right I think Ira, Ira Glass talks about that how he mm-hmm. you know he sucked for a long time mm-hmm. And he thought about quitting, and people were not giving him positive feedback, or maybe no, no feedback, but he kept going at it. And perseverance is really what gets you uh, results. So if you're listening to this and you're an artist, just keep doing what you're doing, and eventually you'll get good. Because you're, you're no different than anyone else. Yeah, there's whole lists on the internet of, of famous people who are famous for doing a thing who had a story in their life where someone told them they were no good at that thing. But yet they, they do that thing and they make money, or they, you know, they make a living off of doing that thing. And you know, there's the famous story of Albert Einstein not doing well in math yeah, and this yeah, and that. Yeah. And, although I think that might be a, an urban legend, but um, so the one of the big things that's uh, happening in my life right now, of course, is Doctor Who and, and Peter Capaldi, who I've been a fan of for a very long time. And I don't want to touch too much on this because we're recording this before the episode, the first episode gets released, and this will go up after the first episode gets released. So. The timing's a little weird, but I'm sure I'll be gushing and completely uh, going crazy on Maybe Twitter. Maybe we should start recording after the episode, <laughs> so we can review the episode. Well, no, I don't want to turn this into a Doctor Who review show, but but it's I'm, I'm just very very excited about it. I'm and and I know people who know people and who make the show, and the people who are saying or who have seen it already, and everybody's saying you won't be disappointed. So I'm very, very. Positive. I'm going to start watching. You, you got me. Uh, you convinced me to start watching Doctor Who. So well, I recommend you go back and start watching. If you're not going to go back and watch the few handful of classic episodes that are on you on uh, on Netflix, then you can go back and watch uh, starting in 2005 all the episodes of the first seven series since the reboot are are up on on Netflix, including all the the. I'll, I'll start special. watching the the Capaldi. Oh, sure, and if sure. I like it, then I'll go back and watch. Sure. I remember watching, uh, you know, Doctor Who when Peter Tennant was the Doctor. David Tennant. I don't even know the name. So <laughs> David. T- Last week was Natasha Ligero, and now it's Peter Tennant. <laughs> I'm just butchering. Uh, That's yeah. one of my character flaws: is correcting people when they're anyway. It's not a flaw. <laughs> I want to. I want to know things precisely, so that's good. 
so I'll, I'll give it a chance. What I'm excited about is a Star Wars. Really? Yeah. Tell. Do tell. Talk. Episode seven. Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And, and actually, uh, you know, the, the camp Star Wars camp came out and, and, and uh, gave fans uh, interesting uh, details about the future of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they they seem to have um, uh, officially stated that this iteration of it is not just going to be a trilogy. It's not just going to be like uh, in the past with the expanded universe like toys and books and whatever. It's going to be like a cinematic universe uh, similar to what Marvel is doing. Sure. So sure. they're going to have spinoffs like a Boba Fett spinoff. Like, you know, so fans kind of speculated yeah, that this yeah. was going to happen, but yeah. now it's confirmed. That's good. And, That's good. Uh, so, so it's I'm not really just going to be three more movies. It's going to be a bunch of, you know, it's going to be like, just like with Marvel, two or three Star Wars movies a year yeah. or one, you know, one, one or two Star Wars movies My only year. concern is that, you know, it works for Marvel and those characters, but I don't want to, I don't want to have it ruin Star Wars and, you know, the oversaturation saturation of it. Another thing that it really... It's just a rumor going out there right now, but, you know, um, some people have heard from other people, and these are supposed, you know, official sources mm-hmm. that have talked about the uh, the plot of Episode 7 and, and the trilogy itself, and I, I think what what they've talked about is interesting. Um, it's going to be similar to a um, comic book story that came out where the Sith were still around, but they had Imperial Guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, like high-ranking sort of like imperial guards that uh, did the Sith's bidding, mm-hmm. and they went around the galaxy mm-hmm. enslaving people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, uh, they're going to use one of those characters, uh, like slightly changed. And it's this guy. I think his name's Commander Red W R E D D, and he's like half cyborg or something. Mm-hmm. Really badass character. I like the look of the new uh, the new stormtrooper outfits. I've been yes. purposely not. De- delving too deeply into episode seven, I've been <clears throat> purposely kind of staying away from it. Um, it's more magical. That it's, way. it's that whole. It's that whole uh, uh, media media destiny. You know, making yes. sure my media destiny. Hashtag is, media is, destiny. Exactly. Yeah. Hashtag media destiny. <laughs> it's one of those things of I want to be in charge of. See, yeah, I don't go yeah, out and yeah. see every movie that comes out. I don't go out and see everything that comes out. I, I and I don't watch every TV show that comes out. And I'm very rarely disappointed. There are very there are a few times when the wool gets pulled over my eyes, like with Jurassic Park: Lost World, for which I still hmm. have not forgiven Spielberg for. But um, <laughs> that you said last week that the that Batman and Robin was the worst movie in history. Yes. I would submit that Jurassic Park: Lost World is really? the worst movie in history. Yeah, I, 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 wait, I, wait, wait. Is, is that I have a I have a whole diatribe that rehearsed in my head from years ago that about the, why <laughs> I hate that movie so much. But it's that it, the one with Jeff Goldblum or the one? It's where the it, one with Jeff Goldblum yeah. and the the oh the God. the um uh the black stepdaughter and <laughs> the who was not good enough to get on the gym, high school gymnastics team, but was able to. Uh, uneven parallel bars know, yeah. just happened to be up in the top of a greenhouse. <laughs> kick a uh, you know uneven parallel bar swing and kick a a, a raptor out of a velociraptor out of a two story greenhouse window and just there's just so the one good scene in that movie is is the motorhome with the trailer going over the cliff. That's a great great scene. That is a staple of Jurassic Park. It's good scenes like that. Good good stuff. But the rest of it garbage. And I actually walked out of that movie. Oh my god! Um, because when they Landed, hey, go, they they into- landed in San Diego, <laughs> which actually was Burbank. They didn't film it in San Diego. They filmed course, it in Burbank. It was course. supposed to be San Diego. And I said, 
that 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 T Rex walked off of that ship on, into downtown San Diego off of the pier. I said, if there is, I looked at my ex-wife and my wife at the time, and I said, if there is a Japanese man who gets scared and runs away, like Godzilla, I am out of here. Because I saw it coming. It happened, I got up and walked out. And I've never watched that movie again. I was watching that movie about a month ago, and uh, there's so much that doesn't work. In that movie, but I, I kind of like it. It's Jurassic, like a Park, Pre- Jurassic Park Three is great. It's more actiony. It's a lot fun. I love Sam Neill. I've been a big fan of Sam oh, Neill since I, love, I was a I kid. I love that scene with the pterodactyl. Yes, where, yeah, the pterodactyl. Yeah. The the Spinosaurus <clears throat> Aegypticus fight versus the the T Rex, and the fact that they still use a combination of practical and digital effects. That's what that's what's great about um, about uh, you know the, 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 what the, that's what CGI should use, be used for to embellish not to just completely take over and that's the whole thing with the thing that I have heard about the new Star Wars movie yes. that has me a little excited about it they're talking about J.J. Abrams and other people are talking about how there will be a mixture of practical and digital effects it's not going to be everything in front of yeah, a they, they've screen. actually been showing what they've been building yes. they, they showed the X-Wing they showed great what else did they show well they, they showed the Stormtrooper helmets yes I love that yeah well, the interesting thing that got me excited too, and, and I, I'll stop talking about Star Wars after this. J.J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abrams uh, actually posted um, a few pictures on Twitter. Uh, I think it was like earlier this week, and uh, well, he showed um, two characters. Uh, two, I mean, two of the actors mm-hmm, that are in the movie, mm-hmm. John Boyega and um, Daisy Ridley. And they're basically everybody basically thinks that those are the two leads. Exactly. So everyone's been speculating because there's n- there's been no announcements, but that sort of. Sp- it's official. They're going to be the two leads. And I that's think. good because they're not white dudes. They're not yeah, two it's, white it's, dudes. It's a white girl that's and a black guy. great. That's great. <laughs> no, and I think that's wonderful because the one complaint that everybody's always had about Star Wars, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. It's like a bunch of white dudes, one guy in black who's the bad guy, and one woman. And that's it. That's, and uh, that's needs to be rescued. 99% and, of movies. Yeah. Yes. Where's our Wonder Woman? Hashtag where's our Wonder Woman movie. Um... But you know what's interesting? So you know? not looking forward to Godot being Wonder Woman. Anyway, I'm probably not going to go see it anyway, so I don't have to no, worry about it. No, I think it's going to be cool. I, you didn't see the trailer, the Comic-Con thing, right? No, the I didn't, but I just... I think it's going to be cool. I can't get over we'll, Batflex we'll, we'll, we'll chin okay. and a Batman mask. <laughs> I just can't get over it. I can't, I can't. The butt I can't. chin. I just can't. As the kids would say, I just can't with that. <laughs> so, so, hey, but, but, but wrapping right. up the Twitter thing. Yes. The, the, the Star Wars uh, thing. Yes. Uh, JJ also posted a, a, a picture saying we're getting married, and he was holding Edgar Wright's hand. Mm. <laughs> and then there's another picture with him, uh, John Boyega, and Daisy Ridley, and he's like, you know, between both of them, and then between his head and John Boyega's head is Edgar Wright in, in the, the background. background. There's speculation he might be directing yes. one of the Star, one of the Star Wars. We know movies. that episode eight is going to be directed by uh, Ryan Johnson, I think, the guy who did Looper. Right, right. But he okay. could go ahead and direct episode nine. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see Edgar Wright get involved. I was really disappointed when he left Ant Man. I, I, at this point, I have no desire to see Ant Man whatsoever. I love Paul Rudd, but since uh, you know, Ant Man has been his baby, has been Edgar Wright's baby, and. Now that he's, you know, basically they rewrote it to death, and now I'm I'm worried that now we're seeing studio suits take over the Marvel thing, and I'm worried about that. I'm, yeah. I don't want that to happen. Happen. <clears throat> the thing that I like about, um, thing I like about, there's two words that I like about the whole Marvel thing, movie making. Kevin Feige, he he, yes. he he has been driving everything. He's been making sure it's right. He's Task been making Master. sure it's good, and it seems like. 
I don't know how much involvement he had with Ant-Man from what I heard about with him in podcasts is he's very involved in every project that Marvel puts out. I mean, but I don't know what his role in the of of his role in um, Edgar Wright leaving the Ant-Man project was. I don't know. So I I can only speculate, but I just was very disappointed in that because Six years that guy was working on that. a long that. time. And I know that's the movie industry, and I know but but let people have their vision. Let people do it. I, 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 everybody, everybody says, and I agree with it, that that Edgar Wright was not going to fuck up Ant-Man. He just was not. And yeah. his idea should have been... You know why he left? Specifically? They, uh, you know, the studios like that, um, you know, they, they also, they, they, they like to... Um, Tweak the story a lot, so they, you know, when you write a, a draft and then they go, oh, you should change this and this. They give you notes. Um, so Edgar Wright did that a few years, a few times over the years, uh, but but you know, he since he started Ant Man, mm-hmm. uh, right around the same time when Iron Man was coming out, and right. Marvel didn't have this overall right. no, cinematic no. vision. No, they wanted him to um, adjust the script and change key things that he was really attached to. So he had problems with that. He didn't yeah. want to change those things to yeah. accommodate. No, and he kind of make Ant Man. He shouldn't fit, have. He shouldn't you know? have. He shouldn't have. So I agree that he should have. He should have been let. It should have been the Ant Man. Should have been, been, been its freedom. own little separate thing. It's Ant Man's not. Gonna, was Ant Man ever part of a team? Was he ever in an event? He Avenger? was an original Avenger. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. So, but so, the thing is that I, one thing I, I think is going to hinder the success of Marvel is the fact that every movie they make has to tie into this greater vision like you know even Guardians had like a scene with Thanos that everyone loved and I, I, I did and like Thanos it Thanos was in which was he in one of the Thor movies or which he was teased in the Avengers right okay so right. I like that I like that scene but you know it kind of felt forced didn't, didn't Loki go and sit, talk to Thanos who was it who went and talked to Thanos um, I, I have a vague I yeah, saw yeah. the floating rocks in space and the big guy and blah 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 but was that at the end of the Avengers movie so at the end of the Avengers movie it's uh, Thanos uh, minion right okay the guy who can, controls the Jatari uh, he's talking to Thanos, saying, "Hey, you know, they're a threat, the humans or whatever." And then Thanos turns around and grins, and it's I like, "Oh shit, it's coming!" I actually but, did, um, did finally find or hear not really a criticism of the of of Guardians of the Galaxy, but a tongue in cheek kind of. It's funny how, yes, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was an amazing movie, but it's yet it's kind of the same plot as a lot of the other. Marvel There's movies. always a MacGuffin, right? Well, yeah. it's 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 a bad guy has a colored rock <laughs> that is a, a certain color yeah. that does bad shit that blows up planets or kills people or whatever, and it's up to the good guys to go and stop that guy from using that colored rock to do the thing. <clears throat> the thing that made Guardians work was the characters. The, the, of course, of course, not the story, right? At all, right, 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 right. Yeah, <clears throat> this, but but it's basically the same plot as Avengers, same plot as as uh, uh, Thor, same plot as. Blah, blah, you know the uh, same plot as Captain America with the the, the, the tesseract, the tesseract, yeah, yeah. with the with um, uh, what's the name, Red Skull. Yeah, it's all leading to the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos right. taking over. And the it's all universe. these rocks and you know these colored rocks that when you put them together, oh shit, blah blah blah. And but that's a common thing. That's a common. Uh, again, I use the I overuse the word trope, but it is a it is a literary trope. Magical objects, of course, divine yeah. objects. Part, it's part, that, part of the hero's journey. It things is, that fall, yes, things yeah. that fall from heaven. There was even a thing like that in, Doctor, in classic Doctor Who. There was one season that was a six-episode arc called The Key to Time. And oh. the, basically, right that after Sarah Jane... <sighs> right after Sarah Jane left, 
after her last episode, he gets called back to Gallifrey. And basically, the key to time uh, needs that, that basically... Cosmic forces, blah, 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 shit gets out of whack. Every once in a while, the key to time needs to be reassembled and put to have shit put back right. And they grab the, 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 there's the white guardian and the black guardian. The white guardian calls the doctor and says, you need to find the six pieces to the key to time. The key to time is, and it's basically a square. It looks very much like the Tesseract. And this is going back to the 70s now. I mean, I don't know, I don't know from, I don't know Marvel t uh, chronology and when the Tesseract and all those things were, were written about, what era. But this was in the 70s. 70s um, as well. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so there's these six pieces. You take the key to time and you break it into six pieces. And they can be any other. They transmute into other objects or even people. Hmm. And so you have to put them all together. And uh, then he gets an assistant. And that's the first Romana. And then then there's a second Romana after that. But it was it's a similar thing. There's a thing, this object that falls <clears throat> from heaven that has great power. In fantasy, and some, in a fantasy, bad guy gets it and the yeah. good guy has to go and get it in back. In classic fantasy, it used to be an artifact like a sword right. or something sword, like that. Sword, a shield. Uh, yeah. So this is just the, uh, the space opera version yes, of that. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, the which Indiana I, Jones in space uh, version yes. of that. The Ark of the Covenant. Awesome. It's the Ark of the Covenant, like in, 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 in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Amazing or the, movie, Or actually. the Shankara Stones or the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, um, Holy Grail, you know, it's it's that thing, yep. that, that object. Which I have no, I have no problems with, as long as like sure. Guardians, the characters right. are awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, that's the thing. There's so, and even though I now made that observation myself, it doesn't change the fact that Guardian, the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was fucking awesome. Was just such a good movie. It's one of the best wow. movies. It's I've so seen awesome. We're talking about it like in multiple shows. Now. Of course, of course. Well, there's going <laughs> to we're talking about Doctor Who in multiple shows. There's other things we're going to continue <clears throat> talking about in multiple shows. This that's the thing with this being a podcast about everything, yeah. quote unquote, a copyright And, and, that, and that's what's part <laughs> of the <laughs> that it's going to that it's going yeah, to uh, transcend. There's going to be that thread that goes through everything where we're going to go back and touch on a topic or, or or revisit something like I said there was a couple things I wanted. Well, maybe to we should rename it to the something something experiment. <laughs> or Cuz we don't know where this is going. That's true. We don't we really don't. We really don't. But that's okay. Yeah. It's all about the journey, right? It is. Right? I mean it that's is. another thing that a lot so of my about, inspirations yeah. say. It's it about is. the process. It's about the So journey. with Marvel coming full circle, I'm afraid that the journey is going to be more exciting than the actual like end result. I'm afraid that Avengers three might suck. That once Thanos gets the gauntlet and has the the stones and whatever, that it might be a little like oh okay well we've you seen Avengers, this. You mean Avengers two or Avengers three? Avengers three. Avengers two is going to be Ultron. Oh right, evil right, right. robot and whatever. Avengers three supposedly it's going to be. Uh, and again, Thanos. not being a Marvel fan, I have no idea what the oh. fuck you're talking about. But I'm happy to go and watch it. <laughs> and as, as long as your enthusiasm and my yeah. other friends who are Marvel geeks, their enthusiasm continues to swell, I'm, 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 on, I'm on board. It's good, it's good movie making. It's good fun. It's good stuff. I even, cool. And that's so the other thing, though. Fun. That's one being a layman, a layperson in the Marvel Universe. That's one, one area in which I'm able to like some of the movies that other people don't like. More than you know, you know what I mean. Like Captain America, a lot of people had problems with Captain America. I loved it; thought it was great. What little I knew of Captain America, that just fit right in with <clears> everything, and I thought it was beautiful. Uh, reason, Captain America yeah. Two was really great. A lot of the comic book fans did like that. Now, the first Thor movie thought was kind of flat. It was okay. To, it was it was interesting from an Avengers perspective to kind of get the background on Thor and who he is. But I probably won't ever watch it again. Yeah, with, with Captain with Cap One, and uh, I never what, saw Thor Two. What I didn't like was. Well, Thor two has your man Eccleston. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But it, it, better than the first one. But anyway, Cap Cap one. What I didn't like was the pacing. I felt like it was too long. 
And I, I felt, and I, but see, I don't mind you know, a movie that takes its time. I don't mind, and that's that's another old old movie making thing. Yeah. And I think they wanted to. It felt like they wanted to give it again. Going back to our conversation of the way media was presented and 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 created uh, before a certain time period versus how it is after a certain time period. Things were slower. Things were longer paced. There were longer looks, longer pauses, longer takes, and. I didn't mind that, and it also goes to uh, back to the conversation about Asian directors and their tracking shots. Although, kind of, but it's mm. it's it's a style, and and I don't mind in amongst. How do I want to word this? Okay, in amongst everything that goes into making a film, the um, the acting, the directing, the the lighting, the production value, this and that also the style of the filmmaking of how it's presented how it's shot um and and if something moves along at a slower pace i don't mind that i really don't Uh, i mean a lot of people hated eyes wide shut because it was so slow but the original work it was based on was a german play that works for the called the dream play and everything's supposed to be slow and languid and and dreamy and sleepy and i like that this is an interesting uh way um place to drop this uh, in and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and drop it so there's drop something it. called dream logic yes in film and if you guys want to learn about that there's this guy called uh, his name's Rob Ager A-G-E-R mm-hmm. and he's got a website called um, I think it's a uh, collective learning he also has a YouTube account with videos dissecting uh, film Co- collative C-O-L-L-A-T-I-V-E yes collative collative like, coll- like coll- collation collating yes, yes collative learning okay. so the guy the guy is amazing he uh, he analyzes films and also talks about uh, different things that happen in film that are you know invisible and mm-hmm. not really taught in film school I went right, to film right. school and I, I okay. didn't see this in the I didn't know you went so. to film school that's cool if you guys are curious about that that's cool um yeah, man. I mean, you know what's interesting? Uh, watching uh, Captain America, it reminded me of The Rocketeer, and then I found out that uh, it's the same guy who did The Rocketeer, who did, who directed uh, Captain America: really? First Avenger, Joe Johnston. Oh, Joe Johnston, I think it is. But see, Rocketeer kind of fell apart. I was, I watched Rocket Men from the Moon, those serials. My dad is really obsessed with. So he grew up in the fifties, and he had his little. His little uh, toy six shooters and cowboy hat, and he and his friends, he and his buddies would go to the go to the matinee every Saturday. They didn't have Saturday morning cartoons. Again, that whole time period of what you have and what you don't. They would go to the movies on Saturday and watch the watch the serials. And he has large collections of Flash Gordon and uh, Buck Rogers and Bet uh, the Batman and uh, um, what was the other one that you just said? Um, uh, um, what did you just say? I missed it. Anyway, the Rocketeer. But yeah, the Rocketeer, <clears throat> the Rocket Men from the Moon. There, there's Commander Cody and Rocket Men from the Moon. That was another. He has those too. So, um, and so, knowing of that before the Rocketeer came out, and that was what was that one of the Baldwin's and Jennifer Connelly? No, who was in the Rocketeer? I don't remember. Anyway, um, um, I know that Alan Arkin. Was yeah, in it. yeah, he was but the, the main, old man. The, yeah, the main guy. I he he didn't become famous. The Rocketeer was another was another serial as well. And so knowing what I knew of that, and having been familiar with that already, and I think it was a Disney movie, wasn't it? The Rocketeer? Uh, I, yeah, I, think I think it was a Disney production, Buena Vista, so. one of those studios. Anyway, but I but seeing that at the time, there was a there was a there was a resurgence in the nineties and early two thousands of old timey radio serial remakes. The Shadow 
The Shadow. And um, what was the one with Billy Zane? The Phantom. The Phantom. Uh, which I like. Which the old is one of my guilty pleasures. Scott Eisner. No, who who's the guy who did the the original comic book? I don't remember his name. But anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so there was a resurgence of that, but a lot of it felt fell kind of short because they were trying to what I call Michael Bay it, and that, that wasn't really a term at the time, but they try to make it too explodey, too modern, and I think if they really would have stuck to the original Dick Tracy, too, and that was just kind of a... Uh, and yes. I think they tried to make it too much of a spectacle, Hollywood spectacle thing, and not really give enough weight to the source well, material. You're talking, you're talking about the... Uh... A time in, in which Hollywood was still figuring out how to adapt comics and, oh, yeah. and more like pulpy ha- stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they were failing miserably. Oh, yeah. Because at that point, the mm-hmm. only two things that had ever really worked were the first Superman movie and the second Superman movie. Superman 1 and, and 2. And then the 89 Batman, which I went back and watched a few weeks ago. Wow, does that movie not hold up. <laughs> oh, my God. I used to worship Tim Burton's Batman. I used to just bleed it. I have a whole... Whole two giant boxes of shit from Batman 1 and 2 from 89 and 91. Uh, Just box McDonald's toys and action figures. I had all those toys. I have all that shit out in the garage. And now I'm just like, oh my god, this movie (laughs) is crap. It's really bad. Not only that, but Jack Nicholson Joker with no makeup. It's extremely frightening. Well, yeah, but, but he is so... Over the top. I mean, Cesar Romero was a better Joker than Jack Nicholson, yeah. and I used to worship Nicholson, but especially and especially. And Romero never shaved his mustache. But you know the bad. Th- you're right. <laughs> he put makeup over his mustache. Yes, <laughs> it was in his contract. Remember the Batman episode where they're <laughs> surfing and and they're all wearing beach beach bum clothes, and he's like, and Cesar Romero tells us. He's talking to somebody and he says, Don't be a ho dad. You know, trying to use the, the surfer lingo. <laughs> it's so funny. That show is good. Oh, I love Batman. I love the 60s Batman. It's and the so movie. bad. It's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so great. That was the big go to project back in the 60s. Everybody wanted to be. Tulula fucking Bankhead was in that. Hmm. Have you ever heard the Tulula Bankhead story with the Marx Brothers? No. Oh, such a good story. I, I, tell I, I tell a lot of old Hollywood stories. I love it. One of my favorite stories in the world. And actually, Dick Cavett told this story. Um, to Mel Brooks, and it's um, okay. You're familiar with the Marx Brothers. Well, uh, Chico was a fucking horn dog. I mean, he plowed every every starlet in Hollywood. And this is back when I don't remember what year, but Tallulah Bankhead was just new on the scene. Was going to be the new up and coming rising star in Hollywood. And so they were going to be at a party. And and Chico expressed great great interest in betting her and his brother's <laughs> like no don't and you know groucho and harpo they were just like no don't do not she is a classy girl she's a girl from a small town do not just leave her you know leave her be let her be it's like all right all right so they were going to this big party the, the studio put on this big party at somebody's house uh for Tallulah bankhead and and they get there the, the marx brothers arrive and he's like, oh, there she is, there she is. No, no, don't, don't. Come on, don't, don't, do, don't, don't. Please don't. And not that, not that, that I don't think that uh, uh, Groucho Marx ever said dude, but he said, <laughs> says, just come on, come on, no, no. She's, an, she's a nice girl, just let her alone. So, all right, I just want to go talk to her. I just want to talk to her, I promise, I'll be good, I'll be good. 
so they're at the punch bowl or wherever they are. He walks up to her and says, says, uh, oh, uh, Miss Bankhead, do you know my brother, uh, the, uh, I'm Groucho Marx, do you know my brother Chico? And, he, and she said, uh, charmed, I'm sure. And says, uh, Miss Bankhead, I would really like to fuck you. And she said, and so you shall, you old-fashioned gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Wow. He did. He said, I'd it was really that love, easy. He Bankhead. said that, I'd really love to fuck you. And she said, and so, she, so you shall. She was gorgeous. Uh, yeah, Tula the Bankhead. Yeah. And then she was the Black Widow on, uh, I think Black Widow? Yeah, Black Widow on Batman. Interesting. When she was old, and she had all the jewelry, and oh, that's so great. So, so those so. costumes are are majestic. In my oh opinion. yeah, it was all that yeah. bright colored silk, <laughs> well, a color TV. It was popping off the screen, <laughs> and bang, pow, and it was just so great. And it's really funny. You go back and read the Dick Sprang, especially especially Batman's mask with eyebrows. Oh yeah, with the eyebrows on. It. Yeah, <laughs> the thing looked like it was made out of a salad bowl over his eyes and everything. But you, um, it's really funny too. Um, you know, the show was based on the comic books, but then the show started informing the tone of the comic books. Uh-huh. You look at some of the Dick Sprang stuff from the 60s, stuff that would happen in the in the show went back on into the comic books, and they brought in Batgirl and started doing all these things that really kind of, you know, informed... Uh, informed. Robin as a character, for me, it's not supposed to work in a, uh, in the current um, kind of, like, more more dark DC universe. Robin's a character that does not work there. I mean, if DC had taken a tone uh, more akin to what Marvel is doing, yeah, then I would say drop Robin in there. So you're saying that like like <clears throat> society or or um, media has grown up to the point where Robin the Boy Wonder is no longer a thing that really kind of works anymore. I mean, Robin was Robin was uh, created to for kids. In the comic, right? I mean, that, yeah. Well, it's similar, yeah, I mean, similar to what they off, did to uh, Batman. Started off as just this independent guy who always killed the bad guy at the end in the comics, in the real original Bob Kane comics. But, but then wait, Robin came about in the forties. Something happened with like similar. Superman had like a like a dog, right? Yeah, crypto. Yeah, crypto. That, that happened later. I don't know the chronology of it. I wasn't as much of a Superman person. From what I've read, Batman. they they introduced those characters for kids. Oh yeah, yeah. So probably after post comics code. Once the comics code was introduced. Then they started introducing those characters so things would to appeal to a more kid audience. And I, yeah, yeah. I'm sure kids, that, yeah. kids read comic books and played base and, and uh, collected baseball cards. So the Robin character has come a long way though. And there's like the Red Hood. Well, you know, like, yeah, you know, Red uh, Hood, Nightwing, Nightwing, all that stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I haven't been involved in Batman comics in a long time too. My my big comic book readership for Batman was you know when I was a little kid, you know, cartoons on Saturdays and this and that. There was a Batman and Robin, Lou Scheimer, the same company that did He Man and all that. They did a Batman and Robin with Adam West and Burt Ward doing the voices. Um, I used to watch that. And Ted Knight, Ted Knight did a whole bunch of voices. I used to watch Super Friends. Oh yeah. Yeah, Super Friends was great. <clears throat> I watched, um, uh, yeah, there was, and then there was a, a Shazam and Isis with live action actors doing that. Shazam, Isis Hour. Shazam was, uh, it, I, was I was always confused as a kid that there was Marvel Comics, but there was a, Cap- Captain a character Marvel. named Captain yeah. Marvel. They in, changed his name officially like five years ago. Right, to Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the movie's coming out with Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing. He, he doesn't know, I mean, they, they've kind of Dwayne given, Johnson's going to play Shazam? Well, he claims that DC is letting him choose whether or not he wants to play Shazam or Black Adam. Oh. Because, okay. you know, Black Adam... Um, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't know Black Adam? No, I don't, well, I'm not up on Shazam, other than what I saw on the TV in the 70s. I, I, I like the idea of Shazam. It's a, it can be a great movie for kids. I just don't know if DC has that in them to make a movie so for kids. So who's going to be Billy Batson? Because it's got to be... That's my question. Be a, or, you know who I think or, it should be? Or are they going to do a, a Chris... Uh, 
Chris, um, who's the guy, Captain America guy? Um, Chris. Chris Evans. Chris Evans thing where they CGI him. Oh, that down would be skinny. dumb. No, yeah. They need a kid, and you know, you know who I well, think they should... did a good job on that in Captain America. Yeah, but you know who I, who I think should play Billy Batson? Um, a, um, I think his name's I, I'm I mispronounced names. That's my thing, but I think his name is uh, Asa Butterfield. He was the no. kid in Ender's Game and uh, Hugo. It. You see Didn't Hugo? See. No. <laughs> wow, man. Didn't see. There's two movies you need to watch. Uh, Ender's Game, I'm not going to see because I'm really not a fan of the oh, that's right. author. Yeah, that's right. I've got political reasons for not liking Ender's Game. I hate the I hate the guy's gods as well, but I like the movie and the book. Uh, but anyway, that kid is looks like Billy Batson. He's 17. Yeah, he looks yeah. exactly like him. In the 70s show, it was. <laughs> Billy Batson traveling with this old guy in a motorhome. I don't remember who the Jonas, I think his name was. And then they, he stumbles into a cave, and he sees the the elders, the mm-hmm. the, um, the Greek gods, the elders, and they're all cartooned for him. So they would mix, do mixed media. So whenever he cool. talked to the elders, um, and he would uh, elders, elders appear before my eyes, make me do something wise or something like that and then he would he'd be able to tell you know to commune with them and through that thing but then there was also a this big <laughs> this big ball thing up in the front by the driver's seat in the motorhome they would just drive around and it was all over like california up in like uh you know uh, the vasquez rocks and shit they were always out in the desert and they had this big red dome thing up in the front that had all these lights on it that would go bleep, 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 bleep. oh the elders are contacting me and he would he would do his little <laughs> meditation and commune with them and then you would See him so in a dark cave, you know, he'd, you'd see with all the, the kind of mist around the screen, and then you'd see the cartoon elders, and they would shimmer in and out, you know, very Lou Scheimer. Lou Scheimer was also doing live action, because he was doing Isis Shazam, and then there was, an, there was an Isis, then there was an Isis cartoon with Tarzan later, but there was an Isis uh, live action show too, and that was fun. There was a lot of live action stuff on Saturday mornings in the seventies. Um, there the was Hulk? The, the Croft Super. Well, that was prime time. That was at night. Oh, it was. Yeah, okay. that was Saturday morning. It was um, uh, um, that started in the sixties and went on through the early eighties. Was Sid and Marty Croft? They produced all these live action and cartoon shows for kids. Um, that like Sigmund and the Sea Monsters and H.R. Uh, Puffin stuff. And Doctor Shrinker and Cool and, uh, Captain Cool and the Kongs and um, Wonderbug and uh, Far Out Space Nuts with Bob Denver. Um, Never watched and, that. One. Yeah, yeah, and it was um, he basically playing basically everything Bob Denver ever did after Gilligan's Island. He was playing Gilligan basically. <laughs> um, anyway, so there were all these live action shows: uh, Electra Woman and Dinah Girl with Deidre Hall and and. Uh, um, Oh, who was... oh my god! I feel like, I, feel, uh, I feel like I have to go and watch these shows because I like all those cheesy seventies <laughs> yeah. shows. It's all over YouTube. You can watch all the mm. a lot of the. And actually, there's collections. I think maybe even on Netflix or or you could <clears throat> obtain them <laughs> um, on the internet, and you can watch collections of the old Sid and Marty Croft shows. Um, and they're quite. They're all very, very in a bubble of time. They're very, very of their time. H.R. Puff and stuff and. S- Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, very 60s, very psychedelic, post-hippie, blah, blah, blah. Everything in the 70s was all very flared trousers and long collars and polyester suits. And, and oh, the kids from Caper, that was another Did good Did you ever one watch too. that show Space 2099? Space 2099. I did watch Space 1999 in, in the 70s. But I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with Space 2099. <clears throat> Maybe that's the one I'm. I'm Space 1999 with uh, uh, 
with uh, Martin Landau and Barbara Bain and yes, 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 that, yes. yes, yes, that was on Saturday mornings one. as well, and the that was uh, that British was in show. the seventies. Yeah. yeah, it was Jerry Anderson produced that, who did all the Thunderbirds movies and uh, and uh, you know Supercar Thunderbirds. Um, what was the other one? Super Wonder Thunder Wonder Sting Car Stingray. There was a whole bunch of them. They actually made fun of that. Um, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore made fun of that. There's a really good send up of Super Thunder Sting Car or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, the the, you know, the, the all those shows were done with marionettes, but they yeah. did some live stuff too because Jerry Anderson was so gifted at being able to do models, realistic models of ships and cars and vehicles and stuff, and that would look like they were real. And Doctor Doctor Who who used a lot of that technology as well. BBC was very good at building sets out of. Uh, and, and props and models that look like real spaceships and stuff like that. I mean, all the stuff in the 60s and 70s, especially the 70s, it was all very, they had spaceships. You'd see all these outer space battles and ships taking off from planets and things, planets exploding. It was all started like by uh, Stanley Kubrick with 2001. Yeah. yeah. Actually exploded mm-hmm. when Star Wars came out. You but know. this pre- predates that. Some of the, the Kubrick stuff, because 2001 was... 60s. Was 68? <clears throat> I think it was 67. I thought it was 71. No, 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 it was in the 60s. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there Kubrick was a lot was of model first... work in, in, yeah. in TV shows and 1968. stuff. 1968. 68. There was a lot of model work in TV shows back then, because they didn't have computers, they didn't have CGI. Yeah. And now, one of the reasons why Doctor Who took off so much is because the production values went up. Can you imagine Star Trek being made now? With a, I mean, they, they were... That would the, be cool. The Star Trek, even next gen, the, the, the spaceship was modeled, and then they used computer to enhance all the lights on the outside of the stuff and do planets. I stuff. think they should do another Star Trek show. I think it's time. I think it's time, too. I think there's the, this whole new after, wave of fans. After the third movie comes out, even though Abrams isn't doing that, after they've got to they've got to do a third movie. Yeah, I'm they, really worried about that. They've got to do the whole time warp thing, where like with Lost, where it all gets erased and Vulcan comes back and blah, blah, blah. No, you can't no. leave things the way they are. Don't do that. Don't fuck it up. I, I, I just don't know. I don't. I don't know if Roberto Orsi is the right guy to freaking direct Star Trek. What else has he done? Nothing. He hasn't directed anything. Huh. Well, he's, he's just been a writer. I mean, it's happened before. You know. I don't know. Like first time directors, though, on that caliber, it's it's not just going to work just because the guy's been in Hollywood for a long time. Look, right. at, look at Transcendence. Um, the guy who directed that movie was uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, DP for a long time. Hmm. So you would think, oh, this guy, you know, he's probably yeah, a lot. Yeah, can a DP direct people? Exactly. That's the right, question. Right. That's what a director does. Right. You know, he I mean, that's the, the thing. Every director has a little DP inside of them, but does every DP, are they capable of or getting, getting human emotions yeah. out, of, out of people? Um, but <clears throat> some first-time directors are amazing. Case in point, Garden State. Love yeah. Garden State. Although a lot of people have criticized that. But I love that movie. Also, Gareth Ed- Edwards. Not familiar. Awesome. What did he do? Well, he did Monsters, which was like a smaller kind of indie movie, and then uh-huh. he did Godzilla. Mm. First time director. I love Godzilla, although Japanese make fun of us for having a fat Godzilla. <laughs> you know what I was reading today? I was reading today that that movie got a Japanese award. Like some really? official kind of thing. So really? apparently they like it. That's the, cool. The general consensus. I liked it. I liked it. I, I, w- yeah. I would have liked more Godzilla I, in it. But I hated I, it the first time and liked it the second time. Yeah, I remember you hating it, but then I, I didn't know you saw it the second time. Oh, yeah, I did know you saw it the second time. I didn't hear about the, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. Cause I, did first you kind time, of begrudgingly like it the second time? No, no, I, I absolutely liked it. The, it was the first time I was going in with different expectations, and I, I was expecting to at least at least see more than one Godzilla fight. And uh, what we got was, like, two 
like you know, cut two, cut two, like you cut know, two to Godzilla yeah, fights, two incomplete fights, and then one awesome fight. But, but that, you know, the way he ended that, oh, just ah, yeah, that down awesome. the throat, it was so great. We were like, yes, that was awesome. that was so good. And so just, I'm looking forward to the yeah. next Godzilla movie. I also read that, and uh, again, I think practical it's, effects, practical effects. I th- I also read that I think I think it's legendary or uh, Lionsgate that's behind Godzilla. Mm-hmm. They uh, legendary. They've actually uh, locked down Gareth Edwards for number two. They're giving him time to direct Star Wars, and then he's going to come back. You know, so they're not going to just get another director. That's good. Uh, Don't to, rush you know, it. Don't rush it. They're Godzilla. not going to rush it. Yeah, yeah. So that that's going to be cool, man. The second one should be as good, if not better. I think they paid enough homage to Toho in that, and I think... Um, with the music, and, dude. And, and, and your big criticism the first time around with Godzilla was Brian Cranston. Was, was, oh, was, I still think that was a mistake. All right, okay. That, that was my question, was, was, yeah. was did, your, did your opinion shift the, during the second viewing? Because yeah. for me, Brian Cranston dying gave, gave what's-his-name, all the impetus he needed to go and do kick his ass. thing. Gave kick-ass, yes. <laughs> All the That's impetus. His name, kick ass. Yeah, kick ass. Yes. Aaron Taylor Johnson. And for Taylor anyone who's wondering. Kick ass. Yeah, I, I just, I, 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 anyway, I'm not going to go into why, but I, I, Brian Cranston, obviously the better actor. His character had the right motivations to actually go and, 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 and follow Godzilla yeah. along his path. And whatever. Yeah. He was a scientist. But see, that's a trope thing, too, where there's the first yeah, guy, but, the, the we're dad, We're talking the about Godzilla. Figure. I know, but we're talking about the father figure, whatever, can't do his thing, and so the son carries on in his place. I mean, that's, that's Greek mythology well, stuff. It's a trope, too, to have the scientist follow the monster, but this is a monster movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting yeah. some yeah, yeah, awesome yeah, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, expecting yeah. shit that I know works. I get you. And, you know, anyway... But you know, did you read that they're doing they're doing a uh, Skull Island like movie with King Kong and stuff? Really? Yeah. Cool. That'll be fun. As long as it's That'll not Jack Black. <laughs> now you know what? That was Peter Jackson. Can you believe that? Uh, Peter, Peter Jackson would be fine. But Jack Black, I love Jack Black. I've liked him for a very very long time. Yeah. Going back and watching old episodes of the X Files and seeing him back in '94 on TV. Holy crap! X Files. <laughs> Lucy Liu was in an episode of the X Files back uh, in 1995. That should Holy be a drinking crap. game. I know, right? Like, <laughs> whenever you recognize, <laughs> whenever you recognize an A or B lister, you take a shot. You know, you know um, what's funny about that Jack Black episode? They keep playing that filter song. Hey man, yeah, nice yeah, shot. yeah. Hey man, nice shot. Yeah, you're totally. <laughs> so aggro. Totally. Yeah, yeah. But it's him it and uh, cool. him and Giovanni Ribisi. That's one of the best best episodes. But they, they, um, they're like arcade uh, employees, right? They work at the yeah, arcade. yeah. They worked in an arcade, yeah. Um, but what was I saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> shit, I got sidetracked. Um, I was saying I was going to make some grand point the, about the drinking game, Lucy Liu. Before that, before that, Godzilla. Before that, no, before with Godzilla. Um, shit, I lost it. Um, anyway, Jack Black's playing um, RL stuff. Oh yes, King Kong. Jack Black. <clears throat> Love Jack Black, but I don't think he was. The right person for that role. I didn't I believe him. I didn't believe him. Yeah. I find him believable in other things, and I think he's a good actor, and I like him a lot in a lot of things. I just didn't think he was quite right. Yeah. For you know, it's like, you know, putting himself in danger to pl- like that. To play, it, 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 there's a bit too much gravitas to play a character who goes in to a situation. With monetary, materialistic aspirations, who then, halfway through, or when some shit goes down, has a change of heart, and realizes his mistake, and tries to fix it, and passes or fails. Yeah. There's a lot of gravitas to that, and I don't think, maybe it was the writing, maybe it was, maybe it was 
Jackson's directing. Maybe who knows? No. So, if, if anything, it wasn't Peter Jackson. So many different, <laughs> different. You know, yeah. uh, well, but I'm on 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 a different project. I mean, we've all seen directors who do a great job in one project, but something falls short in another project. But I think that there should have been a bit more of a weighty, palpable shift mm-hmm. in his motivation between the <clears throat> beginning of the movie and the the third act. Yeah. And there wasn't quite. Yeah. He seemed a bit disaffected in the third act. He seemed a bit, oh shit, this monkey, oh well, crap, now what? You know, kind of thing, rather than, even though that, even though Jack Black was the big name, he's supposed to be like the star, but he, the story's not about him, it's about the Fay Ray character, it's about the girl and the beast, Beauty and the Beast. And Jack Black says the big line at the end of the movie, which was, Beauty killed the beast. Wasn't uh, Naomi Watts the main the main? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like her, but I just, I don't know, I, I don't think she worked in that role either. Yeah, I, I yeah. Know. It just didn't quite gel the way we wanted it to. It was the, the but one thing. Were great. One thing. One thing. I'm sure you agree with me on, and that said, Andy Circus should do the mocap again. Oh, totally, totally. I think he's. I think he's the premier person for that in the world. Did you watch uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? I have not, but I've heard just amazing things. I heard a. I heard a, a long form interview. Nerdist. He, he was on Nerdist talking about that and other uh, mocap stuff, and I really think that Circus is the. Is the premier actor for that in the world right now? Um, I don't know any. I've, a, I don't know of anybody else. I don't really know any other names who are doing that. Well, other, you're, you're obviously, gonna, other people are because I'll they have you, other you're, actors. You're, you're, you're gonna you're gonna hear this name alongside Andy Serkis in the future. Uh, Toby Kebbell. He's the guy who plays Koba in in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the uh, the evil ape. I still need to see uh, that. And he stole the show, man. He better than Andy Serkis. Really. In some scenes. Right. But because Andy Serkis was there to coach him and stuff, but uh, you need to watch that movie. Yeah. It's great. <clears throat> really great movie. Uh, so I was going to say, though, uh, about Jack White, he's going to play... Jack uh, Black. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jack what? Jack whatever. Jack whatever. <laughs> Jack uh, he's insert gonna, color here. <laughs> <laughs> Jack purple. Jack rainbow. Jack chartreuse. Hello, I'm Jack Chartreuse. <laughs> I'm going to be in a movie. Come watch it, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> With the old voice, he's going to play R.L. Stein in a Goosebumps, like a like a Goosebumps, like like weird. Uh... <laughs> Goosebumps, my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm excited for that. So it's a movie about R.L. Stein. It's a movie about R.L. Stein, and uh, so is it one of those things of this is the life of R.L. Stein, or no, no. crazy freaky shit happens to this guy, which is the reason why he wrote he, all these books. It's kind exactly of a, that. Kind of a lemony snicket kind of. Did you read the? Fake. Uh, no, no, nothing about it. It's it's a. It's I that, haven't. It's that exactly. He's he. Basically, I'm a very very lazy movie fan. <laughs> I'm a very very lazy media fan. I've I don't come, read. I've come to I don't. That. I don't. Yeah. I don't look at blogs. I don't. I, I I basically whatever comes across my feed in Facebook is what I get. That's Man, it. Man, you should start digging in. Well, but anyway, but so I kind of have a responsibility to this podcast to kind of do some of that now. Yeah. And so the story, now that I have a blog, now that I have, now that we have a blog, now that we have a, a, a you know Twitter and blah blah blah. Hopefully, I'll start getting a little bit no, more. Maybe not. Maybe you should just you know do what you do, and then I'll I'll bring the movie. Near sure, the sure. Yeah, you can be the researcher. I'm a passive researcher. Uh-huh. I like the information. I'm like Eddie Izzard. I like the information to come to me. It's like oh what really really well well done well all right <laughs> bye. You know, it's like watching a documentary on TV rather than sitting in a lecture for three hours and being like, oh, if, if you get a lecture and you could be like, oh, wow, yes, well, 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 research, good, good for you, well done, all right, bye, instead of, now write that out a hundred times and then tomorrow I'm going to test you on things I never told you about. He does impressions, people. Yeah. That was one of them. 
Not really. That was a horrible idea. <laughs> that was a bad Eddie Izzard. I was Eddie Izzard for Halloween once. Maybe really? it, And if you're very lucky, maybe I'll post the picture. <laughs> I want to see that picture. Because you kind of do, you could pull off that look. I can, I can, yes. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been... Well, you were Eddie Izzard with the... Like the with the makeup, and, oh yeah, yeah, makeup. One, I had one outfit with a skirt, one outfit with pants for work, and I had various different. You know, the funny thing is, I used my Austin Powers jacket to be Eddie Izzard. Oh, you could also pull. I was an Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Yeah. I, I've done a lot of really good costumes over the years. That's maybe cool. I should. Maybe we should post a, come up with a place to put those pictures. Yeah, I'll you should. You should do. I, I don't. I don't. Dress I can up start. An, I can start an album on the uh, on the S two XP page for uh, the Facebook page for sure. If people want to for see Halloween it. costumes, I don't know. If anybody wants to see it, tell us, and then I'll post it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it under your nose. I'm not gonna. What just not, happened? I thought we were talking about goosebumps. We just fucking, <laughs> All right, so back to goosebumps. We just went like it was that's like a okay. storm a of tangent. random shit. That's that's our conversations <laughs> though. They go everywhere. It's a podcast about everything. <laughs> So, so go- no. goosebumps, Gersberms, Gersberms, Gersberms. Actually, I don't have anything else to say. It's just oh, Jack Black okay. playing. So, but you said you read about what it is. What? Tell me what the movie is. It's about. exactly what you said. He's he, he basically he writes books to keep the monsters in the books. Oh, so, that's an old. That's an it's old. It's really thing. old. Like an old. No, no, no. There's another of, story uh, like that. There's another thing that I that's in the back of my mind somewhere where they have to. You have to, yeah. You have to write about it in order to keep them from escaping into the world, or s- somehow writing about them captures them and and, and well, Mike. There's a nineties there's, there's a nineties show called Charmed, and uh, I think they uh, they did I never that. Watched in that. A, that was Rose McGowan and <laughs> and Alyssa Milano. It was basically a TV show of of uh, uh, shit. What's the name of the movie with all the witches? Hocus Pocus. No. The craft? Yes, it's basically <clears throat> it wasn't charmed. Basically, the teenage version of the craft. I mean, they use the yeah. they use the cover of the th- of the Smith song for, of How Soon Is Now for yep, that. Yep, they really capitalized on that movie, didn't they? Yes, they did. They did. There was a lot of witchy stuff in the nineties. It was like the return of like Wicca and stuff. like See, that. See, now yeah. if that show had been on HBO, I would have watched it. Yeah, and I think you know why I would have watched. Well, it. Well, there's a show you might there was, like. How many how many women were in that show? There's one, two, three, three. Six, there would be would have been six reasons I would have watched that show, <laughs> <laughs> and those you would see those six reasons every episode. Although the thing is, none of those actresses have ever done nudity. I don't think so. Yep, Alyssa Milano did a soft core, uh, soft core porn video, uh, and Alyssa Milano was in Embrace the Vampire, which I own. That's the one I'm talking With about. Martin Kemp. There's like a sex scene. Mar- there yes, 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 yes. Martin Kemp. You're right. So never mind. I, I retract my. I retract my lack of nudity statement. She was also in an episode of Outer, Outer Limits. The newer one, yep. obviously. Like 94, 95. There was, all, yeah. there was a resurgence of that. There was another Twilight Zone. There was a that. Yep. There was a... Uh, oh, you know what I love? 80s. Tales from the Dark Side. That was and great. Monsters. And all oh, those shows were great. Uh, well, I, I'll have to go back and I gotta <clears throat> find a, a, an avenue to watch Tales from the Dark Side because that was such a good show. Talk about again in the '90s, fa- people who are hugely famous now being in that. Chris, one of my favorites, favorite, <laughs> favorite, absolute favorite of all time, Tales from the Dark Side. Brent Spiner and Christian Slater in an episode together. Wow, about I, the I gran- seen that the one. grandpa who won't die. So in Southern Town. Christian Slater's the grandson. The grandpa dies and won't die, won't lay down to rest. And Brent Spiner plays the preacher. And I think there's somebody else famous in there too. Somebody who's either the mother or the sheriff or something. Oh, going like full that. circle back to what we started the podcast uh, with today. Christian Slater is a nymphomaniac. So there oh, we go. there we go. We come full circle. Yes. 
And I, I guess that would yeah. be a good place to wrap this up, wouldn't it? Uh, is it time yeah, already? We've been an hour and two minutes. Uh, I didn't even get to what I wanted to get to. Well, then get to what you want to get to. We don't <clears throat> have to restrict ourselves to right. anything. One last thing I wanted yes. to do. Um, yes. I wanted to recommend something real quick. It's a book, and it's called... Uh, oh, yes. Recommendations. Duh. Yeah. That's yeah. a new thing we're going to be doing at the end of every podcast. What are we recommending that you consume so this week? This week, I discovered this book. It's called Sweetness Number no. 9, written by Stefan Eric Clark. He also wrote Food Fast, uh, Fast Food Nation in 2001. Oh, okay. So the book uh, basically follows um, this guy. His name's David, and he is a flavorist. So... He uh, the, the book takes place in the seventies and then kind of like perfume, the 90s. but with flavors instead of smells. Oh, well, it doesn't have that tone. But okay. it's, it, so the guy, it, it's like a satire on American culture oh, and of course American food because you know. And if anything in the world needs to be satirized more than anything else, it's American culture. <laughs> Definitely, but it's a great book. It's a really good read. It got the uh, Colbert bump, and you nice. can find it. That's on, a good. That's a ringing endorsement. Find it on Amazon. You can find it. Is by the Colbert still fighting with Amazon? I think he is. You know. Over the thing with his book. Because that's really yeah, shitty of Amazon to do that. I that love Amazon, really shitty, but, yeah. and I've been trying to boycott them, but there's some things that I wanted that I can only get there, and it's like... Mm. You can't boycott them. You I need know. them. It's like yeah. boycotting Google. You, you're not, you can't boycott Google. You True. need Google in your life. True. Anyway, that's it. That's no, all I'm going to use AltaVista. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I remember when Yahoo was just a search engine and not a thing, not a thing for email and everything else. So, other recommendations. You sent me a link to a YouTube video oh, yeah. by a band from a guy, an electronic guy from uh, kind of an IDM, which I discovered a new genre, IDM, intelligent dance music, which I'd never heard of before. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's called... Uh, Li- Lucine. Lucine. Yeah. Which L-U-C-I-N-E. Is L-U-C-I-N-E. Or is it S? L-U-L-U-C-I-N-E. C-I-N-E? Okay, C-I-N-E. anyway. Yeah. But I discovered this. Uh, it's very good. He has a, v- a new release on YouTube called um, uh, Arterial. Um, and it's very, very, very good. It's really good ambient, kind of ethereal, uh, but, but somewhat beady electronic music. Very much in the style of things that you and I both like. Um, so I recommend you check that out. And he's a guy from Texas, and Lucene is, I read about this, it's Armenian for moon. Oh, So interesting. I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know that. Um, anything else we're recommending this week? Um, books, movies, anything? Uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about, this movie coming out. Um, check out the trailer. It's called um, Automata. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's a sci-fi movie with Antonio and Andres and uh, Melanie, Melanie Griffith. Griffith. Yeah. Really cool. Check it out. Yes. That's it. Cool. All right. So cool. this well, will good. wrap up the podcast. Um, I guess we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week, and uh, this will go up Monday, and uh, we'll be back uh, in a week. Until oh, and then. don't forget, uh, please be kind. Please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Ash Jones and Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com or find us online on WordPress, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as Something2XP. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.